And today we're exploring the Hunter Valley. Welcome to the Wine to Lust podcast. My name's Janine and I run a wine events business in Canberra. But my real passion is travel and my bucket list is to travel to every wine region in the world. In this series, I'll be exploring some regional Aussie wine destinations. I'll give you some tips whether you're planning a romantic getaway, a girls weekend, or you're dragging the kids along. Pour yourself a glass and let's get exploring. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land we're discussing in this podcast, the Wanara people, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. So a little bit about the history of the Hunter Valley. So the Hunter Valley is one of the oldest wine regions in Australia. It's also referred to as the birthplace of Australian wine. And the father of the wine industry is a guy called James Busby. So James Busby brought out vine cuttings from Europe in 1832, and these were vital in establishing Australia's grape growing industry. Now, this guy was really busy because the year after he got married in the Hunter and then he was off to New Zealand. He was appointed to be the British resident in New Zealand and he became involved in drafting the Declaration of Independence of New Zealand and the Treaty of Waitangi. Now, the Hunter Valley is on the traditional lands of the Wanara people. And a Dreamtime story from them explains how the hills and the rivers in the Hunter were created by a spirit called Bayam. There's actually a cave there and there's a, got a massive okra painting and people say that it is of Bayam. And you can check the show notes for more information. So when you drive to the Hunter Valley, it's fairly close to Sydney. So driving up from Sydney, you come off the main highway and there's lots of farmland and rolling green hills. You go through some wooded areas, sporadically broken up with massive homesteads and tiny houses. When we last went, we went via Cessnock. The welcome sign there is quite interesting, I thought. It said it's a town of mines, wines and people. I think when you come to visit the wineries, you don't immediately see the mining part of the region, but there are coal fields and open cut mines. And some research I've done indicates it is a declining industry in the region, but it is still a big one there. So the flagship wines here are Semillon, Chardonnay and Shiraz. The Shiraz is more a medium bodied Shiraz. When I think the Hunter Valley, I think Semillon. So I think it's really interesting to hear a little bit more about this grape. We don't hear a lot about it from other regions. Coming up, I've got two interviews. The first one is with Connie from Tranquil Vale. Her family set up the vineyard in the 90s. And the next one's with Phil, who runs Torello Wines, which is a wine distribution company. So I hope you enjoy. I'm with Connie from Tranquil Vale today at the Hunter Valley. We're in the vineyards. You can hear the aeroplane overhead. Um, and Connie's telling me a really interesting story about how her parents bought this vineyard. Yeah, hi. So we moved out here um, in the mid-90s. My parents were wine enthusiasts. They were both from the UK. And this was their crazy dream. So they literally um, saw this ad in the newspaper for a plot of land with uh, nothing on it. It was an old dairy farm that had been subdivided, but on the Hunter River. And they thought, oh, well, we love Hunter Valley wine, so why not? And they, they called up the agent and they put in an offer and they, they managed to get the property. So when then it actually came off, they, they thought, well, now we have to actually do it. So they came over and, and started setting up the vineyard and accommodation as well and now we have yeah 23 years later <laughs> we're still here <laughs> they planted all of these vines themselves this, this wasn't a vineyard before yeah that's right they planted it all themselves so that's why they went with the three kind of typical varieties of the hunter valley the semillon chardonnay and shiraz it's, it's not a very big property it's 25 acres in total but it keeps us busy we're able to produce around sort of somewhere between three to five thousand cases depending on the year and, and the 
type of wine we're making. Well, that sounds fantastic. So I do think of Semillon when I think of the Hunter Valley. So what are the characteristics of Hunter Semillon? Semillon is really kind of prize-winning wine of, of the Hunter Valley. The characteristics really are it's a nice, acidic, light wine. Um, it's got beautiful citrus characters. It also ages really well. So the, the fantastic thing about Semillon is, so when it's younger, you get something that can be um, quite dry, but it has a kind of sherbety kind of character to it, that kind of lemon-lime, and it's uh, very refreshing. A little bit of kind of grapefruit as well, gooseberry, those kind of characters. So when it, as it ages, though, it gets to be a little bit nutty and it gets a creamy character to it. Um, so sometimes people think that it's been oaked, but it hasn't. That's just the beauty of the wine. And the optimal age aging for this kind of wine. So it's really good when it's young. And then I say to people, just put it away because it can get a little bit flat in the middle. But if you wait for the 8 to 10 year mark, it's really, really beautiful and a very interesting wine. So it kind of has two lives. Actually, now that you mention about the oak, I always associate it as having a taste of oak. So it's really interesting that it's actually unoaked. Connie, if people are visiting the Hunter and they've got kids, what do you think is something else that they could check out? I was eight when we moved here and my brother was 10. So they they really had families in mind and they they had the same sort of question because when they came to the hunt, they said, well, there's nothing really to do with kids. So we're set up for kids as well. So we've got a playground and a book court, tennis court, swimming pool. And lots of um, lots of activities and things like that. Our cellar door also has a toy box in it, and we're not the only ones. So you know, if you do a little bit of research, you can find a couple of cellar doors that have that are kid friendly and they've got activities for children. And of course, the Hunter Valley Gardens. And then, if you wanted to go a little further afield, there's places like in Maitland. There's an art gallery that's really good for kids. Oh, that's excellent! Thank you so much for your time today, Connie. After this interview, Connie took me for a barrel tasting. It was a really great experience. So I recommend if you visit Tranquil Vale to ring in advance, let her know that you heard the Wine Lost podcast and maybe she can arrange that for you too. Hi, Phil. Thanks so much for joining us. No problem. So tell me about the Hunter Valley. What do you love about the Hunter? I'm going to take probably a bit of a different slant on it um, from what you normally hear in terms of the young guns of the Hunter and all that. I'm just going to raise my hand up and say I love the more conventional things that the Hunter produces. Obviously, it's known for Semillon and Shiraz. Uh, Chardonnay is probably the third uh, strongest varietal up there. Um, and there is a little bit of alternative stuff being done there. There's some Tempranillo, there's a lot of Barbera, a little bit of Merlot, and a few other things as well, and some different styles of winemaking. But I look at, um, in terms of the better producers in the Hunter, I always look at the uh, the, the, the traditionals, the Tyrrells, the Broken Woods, Mount Pleasant, uh, to a lesser extent, McGuigan, etc. Like the Broken Graveyard Shiraz, year in, year out, is one of the standouts in the Hunter Valley, same with the Mount Pleasant Morris O'Shea. So if you're looking for what is quintessentially Hunter Valley Shiraz, they're the two wines that really speak volumes to to uh, to the brand and um, and then you've got smaller producers, Glenguin Estate, then really small boutique producers, people like Catherine Vale, uh, one of my wineries that I work with, Stomp, Vinden. You've got to come back to the classics, which is dry Hunter Valley Semillon made in stainless steel with no malolactic, very traditional, uh, and the medium-bodied red-fruited uh, Hunter Shiraz. Yeah, there's, there's no going past it as far as I'm concerned. I agree. I think Hunter and I think Semillon for sure. Yep. And so would you suggest when you buy it, try and keep, keep Yeah, it? I think like young Hunter Semillon is uh, certainly an experience. Um, lots of kind of lemon, lime, citrus flavours in abundance. 
um, Semyon's a wee grape variety. After about two or three years in bottle, it starts to kind of go into a bit of a hole and it starts to taste a little bit, you know, a little bit flabby and not, not altogether great. Beauty of it is it comes out the other side of that at about five years of age and then starts to blossom. And you start to get some more honey, some more toasty kind of characters, uh, and then that just, you know, envelops everything as it ages. And some of the greatest examples of I've aged Hunter, Hunter Semyons um, that I've had, the oldest one was a 30, 33 year old when I drank it, 1986 Tyrol Semyon, but it was, it was drunk in 2019, it was 33 years young at that point, wow. and it could have had another 5-10 years on it. Easy. But it was an experience. Yeah. You know, it's it's totally different from that young, sh um, sharp, vibrant, zesty uh, Semyon. And I think, you know, James Halliday wrote of Hunter Semyon uh, that it's the, the, the Australia's gift to the wine world, and I totally agree with that <laughs> that's a great. That's a great quote. So if you were to visit the Hunter... You've got Central Pocolbin, which is where most of the big guns are, but then you've got Broke to the west, you've got the Upper Hunter to the north, uh, Mount View to the kind of the, the southwest, and then Lovedale to the east, and they're all producing very different and very unique takes on what the Hunter is. And I think that diversity is part of the Hunter's strength and keeps it vibrant and gives it a bit of vitality that uh, a lot of people might not necessarily subscribe to when they think of the hunter well i think you're right i didn't realize how big the hunter was so you could almost go and stay in a different little section each yep. time you visit yep. if it's a getaway weekend getaway 100 percent. now a bit uh random for you with the kids what's something fun that you could do <laughs> <laughs> with um, the kids there's all kinds of stuff the you know the family restaurants the irish pub that kind of thing there's horse riding, there's aqua golf, there's wow. um, alpaca farms where you can do kind of, you feed the alpacas for 30 bucks, you get like a pail of food and you can and do all that kind of stuff. So, and there's farm stays and different stuff like that. So there's there's all kinds of things. And there's some cellar doors that are more family friendly. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Lots more cellar doors are doing things like that. Thank you so much, Phil, for your time. No dramas at all. Thank Cheers. you. So, what to visit? With over 150 wineries, you can't go too wrong. These are just a couple of the cellar doors that I enjoyed. One of my favourites, the Wine House. It's located right near that main roundabout on Broke Road. So we did the Icon Wine Journey, and this included access to about 20 different premium wines from across a variety of different wineries. And you get to serve yourself 15, 30 or 75 meal tastings. And then we also got a little tasting platter as well. So we did this from the comfort of a tasting room with beautiful views through trees overlooking a lake. I also love Scarborough. This is where I think I fell in love with Chardonnay in Australia. They've got two cellar doors in the Hunter Valley, and both of them are very child-friendly as well. Another cellar door is Hope Estate. This is quite a big one. They have lots of those huge concerts there. And if you're lucky, ask to pop upstairs because they've got these massive barrels in the room up there. And it's also where they film Farmer Wants a Wife. There's also Grape Mobile. It's quite a small cellar door, but it's also where you pick up your bike hire. It's the Pocolpin Brothers wine. So they've only got a couple of wines there. But they've got tons of different bikes, electric bikes, tandem bikes, and everything to get around the area. So what do you do for the kids? Well, the Hunter Valley Gardens is the key attraction in the area. Phil touched on aqua golf, and that's part of the Hunter Valley Gardens. And there's also a few alpaca farms around. There's the Adore Alpacas. There's also the Starline Alpaca Farm Stay. So you can either go for the day or stay overnight there. Connie also touched on the Maitland Museum. 
If you do need a babysitting service, we used Red Zebra. So the babysitter could occupy our son on the play equipment and go for scooter rides around the hotel complex. And he spent a lovely afternoon with her. We got to spend a lovely afternoon (laughs) riding around, checking out some winery. So everyone was happy. So where to stay? There are tons of places to stay in the Hunter. You can stay in the very luxurious and exclusive. There's lots of apartments and cottages, which are great for groups of friends and families. And you can also do camping. There's actually a free campsite in McNamara Park in Broke. We stayed at the Grand Mercure apartment. There's enough for our son to do during the day with the babysitter. But if you go a little bit further afield, you might find it a little bit more reasonably priced. And then there's all these other wineries that you might not have been exposed to, which I really love the idea of. As we noted with Connie, Tranquil Vale's a little bit further towards Maitland. Her property is beautiful. It's got three or four cottages on site. There's a swimming pool and lots of stuff to do for the kids there. Quick stats. So the Hunter Valley is about two, two and a half hours northwest of Sydney or about an hour west of Newcastle. The Hunter's made up of lots of little towns and areas. There's Pakalpin, Broke, and the larger towns of Cessnock and Maitland. About 600,000 people live in the Hunter region. The flagship wines include Semillon, Shiraz, and Chardonnay. Hope this has given you some ideas to check out and enjoy your time in the Hunter Valley. And if you do visit any of the businesses we've spoken about, let them know that you heard it through the Wine Delust podcast. Happy travelling! Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe now to get the next series and any bonus episodes as they drop. Go to windalust.com.au for everything discussed today. You can also access wine selectors for more travel information and wine deals. And Booktopia, where I get all my travel and wine books from. Till next time, happy wine travels.